dude so like it's got it's got to at least be like i was thinking about it the other day it's got to be like 15 17 years at this point <laughs> probably yeah holy shit that's Alex Aldea speaking to Andrew Joslin. They're part of the Paragon Collective, the network responsible for audio dramas like Darkest Night and the No Sleep Podcast. Andrew and I do compose a lot of podcast music together, but Andrew's also a music luminary that's string arrangements from Kesha to compositions for Macklemore to literally everything. Yeah, even film stuff with like Corbin Burnson and uh, Denise Richards. <laughs> there you go. Andrew plays every single string instrument, so even a lot of times, like in Darkest Night, like a lot of the strings that you'd hear are real strings. The audio quality in this episode is a zoom rip. Sorry about that. But I got some great conversation with these guys. My name is John Bartman. I'm the creator of How I Make Music. I'll let these two audio drama stars take it from here. The piece of music we're listening to in the background is called The Opening of the Oyster. It's a dystopian soundtrack from the psychedelic audio drama, The Oyster. Today, we'll break it down and get into why and how it was made. You're listening to How I Make Music, where audio drama composers get to tell their own stories. Every Wednesday, we break apart a song, soundtrack, or composition and take a trip, a wild trip, into how it was made. My name is Andrew Jocelyn. And I'm Alex Althea. I'm a composer from Seattle, Washington. And this is how I The world always has a plan of its own. Mom, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. You think you have value? The Oyster is, 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 uh, takes place 30 years in the future where humans basically don't have as many resources and they have to figure out whether they want to plug in and just feel eternal bliss in the machine or face a harsh reality. But you never will be. The basic premise of the show is a philosophical argument on utilitarianism. You're just like me. This is the police. The show. The Oyster. Put on your masks and. Came about really quickly. Stay calm and do exactly as they say. I kept thinking about this idea of do we plug in or do we not? And what happens if you invent something like this? And how how it kind of goes for society for months and months and months. She gave me the position of story preservationist. What that essentially means is that I talk to people about their most prototypical memories, log them, and create an AI experience accessible to every human. There definitely is a, a psychedelic feel to it. To preserve the human experience, or at least selected moments of it. I knew we had something with the show. Or at least I, I you never really know if you have anything. Let's be quite honest. A <laughs> hundred years from now, people will need to hear about what happened to us. But you know that point where you can work on a project and you're like, oh, this isn't terrible. I'm, I don't feel so delusional about it. Is that the same pitch you give everyone that comes in here? More or less. I don't know if you've heard about the philosopher John Stuart Mill. If something feels good, then it's good. There is the, the great argument against that has always been like, well, what if you were an oyster and you felt nothing except for bliss, but you never could have really any experiences? Is that not the ultimate life? Choirs of crickets fill the sky like a cascading cacophony. 
that monologue the choirs of crickets fill the sky with skating the coffee. Gaps between choirs of crickets fill the sky. Fireflies hover around you as a guiding grass ever so gently grazes the gaps between your toes. Fireflies hover around you. We actually had her record that monologue on top of Love in a Real Trade. Way back home. Then, right as you begin to sweat, the hair on your arms stands to remind you you are God's child. And this is where you belong. You are God's child. You know, these episodes are so musical. Because it's an audio drama, the music has to... Look up. There are billions of stars above you. Not foreshadow and give away too much, but it has to help guide the audience emotionally on the journey that, you know, we're taking them on. usually like to think of it as like breathing you know if the vo allows room to take a breath let the music take a breath with the vo as well so sometimes what that means to me is just add a longer reverb so you can't hit them over the head and be like super aggressive but you also you gotta you gotta give them enough guidance I would choose something really subtle. You know, just drone some other stuff. Make sure the chord progression isn't anything too aggressive. Make sure that none of the harmonies go a little too far up in the spectrum, you know. Never, 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 never step on the vocal, no matter what you do. I come from the pop realm, so I always think of stuff as underscore and top line. Top line being your your vocals, your main melodies, your VO, voiceovers. You, you don't want to draw too much attention away from the vocal and to yourself as the composer. Atmosphere is this uh, just huge synth library. I don't know, there's like 500, 700 frickin' samples in there. And I also love Zebra too. Zebra, Serum, especially in this kind of like world building. You had Heaviosity is one of the plugins. There was one of the things that we love to use is it's evolved mutations um bro we can't give away all of our plugins bro i'm not gonna give them all away there's, i was there's literally gonna be someone who's gonna go through here and like download all of the plugins we use and then there's gonna be like three darkest night soundtracks in like six months and if you listen
my process for the most part is I'll just listen to a part over again and over again and just jam something in the mid-range like a piano or whatever and then I'll build and I'll build and I'll build and then usually a day later I'll have something and uh, it's usually worth not leaving my house for like an entire day We have like a little choir on top. It's kind of mixed with some whistling bells. chance towards the end we have a substance base that goes with the Korean chance we have a whole horn section we have a trumpet layer and, and high horns layer and brass layer um, and woodwinds layer and string ensemble layer that kicks in right when that heart builds You know, and then also with this with this track too, we we played a lot with with Logan's vocals. I mean, I can I honestly consider that part of the score. Um, I love sound particles, and it basically is a way of just like making this whole, like multiplying the vocals by like a thousand. Especially if I'm trying to make something that sounds really chippy the characters coming to these big realizations about her life and how she's choosing to look at what it means to be alive before everything goes to shit. They just are. That's about it for this week's episode. We'll listen to the full track in just a moment. But before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music. We've been listening to music featured on the audio drama call The Oyster. To hear the full story or check out Andrew and I's other compositions, follow the links in the show notes. Andrew and I did, uh, you know, I've done Case File, uh, Darkest Night, Deadly Manners. I, I did a bunch of co-writing for Leslie Odom's record, Mr. Kesha, all the Macklemore records that have ever come out. I'm a co-writer on, and then the list goes on and on and on. How I Make Music is created by John Bartman. For audio experiences that keep people listening, contact John Bartman via the show notes. And now, here's the opening of The Oyster, a dark and subtle dystopian underscore in its entirety. My name is Alex Althea. I'm Andrew Jocelyn. And thanks for listening to How I Make Music. Choirs of crickets fill the sky like a cascading cacophony. Grass ever so gently grazes the gaps between your toes. Fireflies hover around you as a guiding light, shining bright, leading the way back home. Then, right as you begin to sweat, the hair on your arms stands to remind you, you are God's child, and this is where you belong. 
are God's child and absolved of any wrong. Look up. There are billions of stars above you, their lights pulsating, every tree and fern around you pulsating. And if you're lucky, you feel connected to that pulse, connected to that light, connected to life. And if you listen closely, you can hear it. Thoughts, ideas, and possibilities flowing alongside your mind like currents flowing alongside banks of a river. None of these things are you. None of them belong to you. They just You see, every experience, every memory, every feeling you've ever had is just an electron stored in your brain. There was a time when these things you're feeling could have been real, would have been real. But underground, that possibility is gone. I don't know when you're listening, where you're listening, or how you're listening. What I do know is, if you've gotten this far, you're seeking answers. Answers to why the world is the way it is. I don't know everything, but this is my story. Or at least, my story with the oyster. the oyster. Or like, what if just like Andrew or I just like went into space and just recorded our, our like, just recorded all of our mini parts in space? <laughs> Doesn't make any difference. All right. I don't know.